Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, thanks, how you doing? This is quite exciting. I'm in the field. Oh. Ooh. Literally in a field. No, the field. Which is the field. Like a field agent. I'm out I'm out and about. I see. Oh right. Was that your handbrake <laughs> going on there? That was, yeah. I'm I'm um, I'm sat in a car because uh I am about to go and pick up a Halloween costume from for my daughter <laughs> from a local buy, sell and swap forum. <laughs> wow. Right. And I've got to I've got to pick it up at ex- at about eight o'clock. Well, so I'm parked so basically uh, outside someone else's house on a headset, make, looking at their door. <laughs> make sure you clean it. Make sure you clean it. Well, not just that. Yeah, that's a good point. Is, I've never that's heard more of a setup for a horror movie in my life. You are about to be murdered. Yeah, fair enough, actually. I can see how that does sound like murder. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Box Set Pod. This week, 27 dicks. Jamie is with us as you. Yep. Matthew Wandless is with us as you have just found out. Uh, from a sitting duck in a horror movie. Um, is that, have you got the heater on there in your car, Matt? I haven't actually, and I'm just thinking, do I need it on? But oh. I don't feel like I do. How cold would you like to be when you die? That's the question. Oh, oh well. <laughs> can you, <laughs> you tell know. I'm rewatching The Walking Dead at the moment? Beg your pardon? Uh, can you tell I'm rewatching The Walking Dead at the moment? Well, I mean, this is not the kind of thing that happens in The Walking Dead. No one goes to pick up Halloween costumes in The Walking Dead. <laughs> well, somebody goes out on their own. They believe that something's entirely innocent, and then that another human being pulls a hoodwink on him, does the old bait and switch. <sighs> yeah, fair don't, enough. Don't trust yeah, anybody. I can see it. I, I, I'm not saying you haven't made an astute observation, but I hope I don't die. Just put your central locking on, all right? Uh, yep, done. Great, great. So, listen, it's the three of us. Jamie's got a sick baby. Matt's got to pick up a costume. And uh, and I think, just in general, we're, we're, I'm guessing that this isn't going to be a long debate, this uh, podcast. But then I've made such errors before. Um, American Vandal is the one of the latest comedies from Netflix. And it's a takedown, if you like, a loving takedown of um, things like Making a Murderer and serial uh, crime dramas that have become quite fashionable in uh, recent times. And uh, and I've watched it all. Matthew, have you watched it all? I've watched the first two episodes. Ah, good. We, ha- we have a guinea pig. Jamie, how much you watched? All of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'll just put my cards on the table straight away. I absolutely loved this thing. Start to finish. Uh, the only thing I found difficult was imagining that I was Sarah Koenig off for serial. Um... Uh, just imagining her watching it and and open jawed or cr- sort of crawling behind the couch in embarrassment of how well they've taken her sentence structures and storytelling structures to um, uh, just so well to just just take this matter of kind of innocence versus guilt um, and spin it into drama, 
which is essentially what all of those things have done, although you could say that they have more um, uh, uh, more of an important role to society than this particular one. Um, but that that's where I stand on it, and um, I've not even said the premise. Uh, Jamie, why don't you say where you stand on it and the premise, and then we'll go to Matthew, because he's normally one with the most controversial opinions. Yeah, yeah. Well, the premise is high school um, set documentary where a student named Dylan um, has been expelled and will be charged with a criminal offence for um, being, well, being accused and convicted by the school, at least, of uh, drawing, spray painting, Huge penises on the teacher's cars. Is it 27? 27 cars, I believe, yeah. 27 penises. (laughs) Yeah. And Dylan has a history of drawing penises, so there is, you know, there is priors. And it just follows in a a very amusing sort of look at the serialisation documentary world, the whodunit, did he do it? Um, and that, yeah, that, that's the premise. And the documentary is being made by a fellow classmate um, who is kind of in the AV club kind of thing, you know, uh, a, a student who's a good media student, um, and he's putting this thing together because he's seen things like Making a Murderer and Lister Serial and stuff. Um, that's the that's the setup. And from moment one, I was laughing maybe because I'm. Uh, Puerile. Matthew, did you sit straight face through this and shake your head at the infantile nature of it? Now, when, just before we start, you said you thought this was going to be a short debate. Yeah, I just thought everyone was going to say they love it. <laughs> is, that, is that what you thought I would think of this? I thought, I thought maybe you would enjoy <laughs> it, yeah. Do you, do you not? <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't like it. What? I didn't like it. I didn't. I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. Why? Why? You know, humor's subjective. <laughs> I, 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 I think. Um, I think this was a. It's a good swing, but a miss for me. A good swing and a miss. <laughs> <laughs> what is he missing? It's like it's almost every sentence has been taken from serial. Uh, I mean, did you I know, listen to Serial? Hey, look, they, I did listen to Serial, yeah, and the, the, the lampoon has been done well. I yeah. think they, they, they've, they, they've, their observations are, are good. Hmm. But I think, I don't know, I, I feel like they've gone too far in the other direction, and the, I just don't feel like the humour is uh, is well-crafted enough. It's like they just take for granted that it'll be funny because it's about something puerile. And I just don't think it's, um, I don't think, I don't think it's reached high enough. But that's the gag, yeah. isn't it? The gag is what if you took instead of you instead of taking the murder of a, of yeah. a girlfriend and you took t- dicks. Like it has yeah, to that's be puerile to to make it work, doesn't it? Yes, but then within that you still have to write jokes, and I don't think they have. They've just taken it for granted that people will find it funny because the subject is dicks and whether or not someone got a hand job. And um, <laughs> yeah, they do a three D reconstruction of yeah, possible hand good. job. I mean, well, I, I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> but um, and, and and I I do like the way they're treating it. But it's like we're, we're, when I think of, I'm holding it to a, a very high standard. What? Which but, is but, what? 
What's the high standard? For me, like the ultimate takeoff of something like this yeah. is brass eye in the day to day. That's 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 the standard for me. That's the golden standard. Okay. And I'm not saying everything has to be that mm. good, but then like right next to that is the office, and um, and this for me is just a long way short of that. I feel I just don't. It's uh, it, it's not either puerile enough nor sophisticated enough. It doesn't go far enough in either direction for me, uh. and uh, and like there's there's stuff in there which I think really hits, um, and I enjoy watching them work through it. But uh, it, it doesn't make me laugh. That's the that's the bottom line. It doesn't make me laugh, and it. Yeah, there's just not enough going on in it for me. Oh, it made me laugh I, so hard. From I mean, I do, I do agree with the Yamate for to, to an extent that it does think it's funnier than it is, and you're right that I think there's a little bit of like because of the dicks, you know, that are that is funny, <laughs> but like uh, six episodes in, you kind of do want them to like. <laughs> Stop sort of like leaning on the dick joke. I'm realizing now how funny this podcast is to listen to two men seriously <laughs> take down <laughs> criticism <laughs> of 27 dicks. It's almost uh, it's almost eating itself. I uh, I mean the biggest. Yeah, I was concerned that I, I was like, how are they going to stretch this out over a series? Because the gag is the gag, and once you've done an episode, it's like, how are they going to do this further? And and actually, it does kind of have, it it rings true. It has a good point about high school and the way teachers brand kids and stuff. Like there is yeah. actually a soul to oh, it. Come on, yeah, oh no, there just, is. No, no, there no, is. No, don't, it doesn't happen till no, the last no. couple of episodes. Okay, fine. But um, it, it's it, it's true, Matt. Yeah, it does. One of the strengths of it is, like you said, also it, it does go into, and I, I was hoping it would the impact that these documentaries have on the real people in, mm. that they're investigating in their lives, and also it all, what it does well, and I think one of its biggest strengths is that Dylan as a character becomes really interesting, and actually you kind of do see his journey and you empathize with his journey as you go along as well it's really those are the strengths of the show and it and there is there is funniness in there you will laugh at bits i don't think episode one i think it just throws everything at your face in episode one but mm. i think you still get the the humor out of the penis jokes at times but the biggest strength for me was the dylan factor and the fact that it really does mm -hmm. look at every facet of these documentaries and go into detail about the, the the you know how you compromise your relationships if you're making these documentaries and the the friendship of these two people making the documentary, and also the impact it has on the lives of people around it. Yeah, it does. It takes it. Mm. It takes that down very well, and in a way that's different from the day to day and brass eye because I obviously love those things, but they always um, are very they they scream to me. The, the acts that they're wielding very loudly those things um chris morris what does that mean um you can almost taste the bile that's coming out of chris morris's mouth for things like um uh, exaggerated newsnight style opening credits f uh, the way that they report you know the things that i don't think it is i think it's just, it, it's high, it's doing what this show is doing and, and what this show does actually quite well which is highlighting the ridiculousness of um, the techniques used in news but and I in the now these documentaries. Yeah, it does that, but I think the difference is in the performances. So in the Brass Eye stuff, things are heightened massively. 
this, I consider the performances in this probably as Again, I don't as... agree with you about that. Well, they're not high. Like they're, 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 they're Chris Morris enough... and Alan Partridge and, and the pedophiles, <laughs> they're not heightened. They give enough um, uh, cues to the audience to separate it from what's real. I'm not, I don't want to get into a debate about how good Brass Eye is, but um, they, they give you enough of that. But I'm telling you, like, if you watch, if you go back and watch Brass Eye and go and watch some of the most ridiculous stuff, like where um, they, they draw a, a graph and they say, but what's really strange is if you turn the graph on its side, the fox's head starts to flash. Yeah. And like they've just got this ridiculous visual representation. But then you go and watch the news and you'll see something like that. That's, but you so that's won't see that. What I'm no, see- you won't my- see. No, I know, I know I, that, Howell, but that's the point of a mockumentary. No, I love those things. But that's what I mean by heightened, right? So they will take it to the next degree. They'll turn the graph on its side. They never turn the graph on its, on its side in this. It is quite possible... Like it's completely plausible that somewhere a student has drawn dicks on cars and got made uh, and, and been mid-sacked. They never in this. I, I consider the performances in this to be as close to real for high school teenagers as you can probably get. I think the They're comic performances are brilliant. Like the whole cast, it's like God. If uh, Seth Rogen could have found all these people to cast in his films. There's, there's never a, a weak link in the performances. And they don't... But I think that makes it mundane. That means that the only yeah, gag maybe. is that it's about a silly thing. And that, for me, makes it a missed opportunity. Well, uh, uh, and that is why you, the guinea pig, needs to stick to it. Because you want to see where it's going and what point it is making. So if we're dealing with um, something real rather than... Uh, you know, most episodes of the day to day didn't have mm. a, a conclu- an emotive conclusion that you're waiting for. <laughs> it's like uh, gag after gag after gag that satirizes a style. Whereas this is this is taking on a style, but it's telling a story as well. But it's all it also falls into the trap that the actual shows do, which is that there are points where it's boring. Yeah, and I, and the fact that the fact that the um, that there's no, you know, when you're listening to serial and you're like kind of starting to zone out, you can, it, what hooks you back in is the fact that it's about something important and something that you actually care about finding out the answer to. Whereas I don't, you, you know, because this is what it is, I don't have anything invested in the actual mystery. Oh, I care. And so I when it gets boring, beginning. I, I, I care whether fine. Dylan did the dicks or not. Um, but, but the point you're making I agree with. I think it's kind of ironic with these things that you. I'm watching it and I'm going, I know that you are taking down storytelling techniques. That's what you're doing. He's saying, if you were to take anything, like Matthew in a car now, if you were to tell his story, you wouldn't start with the Halloween costume. You'd say, um, the way that Serial would do it. I don't think anyone in the audience knows what's going on, but carry on with the If we were going to tell Matt's story right now in the. Uh, style of that you would begin with in 1927 a man invented something called the central locking system it was a and you work like backwards from some small tiny detail to and now matthew sat in the car and he's pushed the central lock and it's almost pointless they're showing that you can zoom in on any individual feature person element and you can make people think that it has more suspicion than it actually you would ever give credence to. And whilst I know that they're taking the piss out of that, 
I am also ha- perfectly happy to be sucked in by it and enjoy the fact that they're they're doing it. The trailer breadcrumbs is, you know, all right, they're taking the piss out of that technique, but it works, and and I enjoyed it from beginning to end for that. I would like to say I re- I did really enjoy it as well, and there are flaws to it that Matt's not far off with some of them. But I also have to go because George has just done uh, a stinky one, and oh. Laura needs a hand. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so sorry about that. That's James conclusion. All right, bye, James. Okay. Bye bye. Okay, so it's, uh... well, look, I would say that I didn't um, I didn't love this, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't I, I a I wouldn't be unhappy if i carried on watching it then carry on and b i certainly wouldn't tell anyone else to avoid it i wouldn't be uh like oh don't watch that shit mm. My big I, thing, did I you watch the trailer acceptable but this is not for me yeah did you no watch i didn't the tra- watch the trailer and I, in fact right i was talking to my brother and my friend idol before i came uh out here mm. and they said that the trailer was the thing that um hooked them into it the most yeah uh, and I did wonder, that was one of my biggest things, was like, okay, I get the joke, how are they going to stretch it out? And I will, I, I would be interested to know what you think of kind of where they get to with it. Um, yeah, okay, maybe I'll watch a bit more, but I, I mean, I don't know, I haven't, I haven't got a lot of time for, for TV these days, so yeah. I've got to fit in the things that I want to fit in. It's weird, isn't it? It's, um, if you're puerile, like me, you laugh every time you say the word dick, but the truth is, it's... Um, it is actually a really good commentary on high school, on like um, people branding certain children as useless and how that's then going to affect them for the rest of their life. That's kind of what mm. what it's about, you know. You're, who, okay. who do you think of when you think high school kid who drew the dicks? Do you think of this uh, intelligent-looking grade-A student or do you think of Dylan? <laughs> you think of Dylan. Um mm thing is i like puerile but mm, mm. it has to be done really well you want to be has to be, it has to be pushed very, hard you want to be hit by a very heavy satirical stick so that you feel like what you're watching is worth spending your time on you feel like you're you're uh, changing the world for the better by cheerleading chris morris in his crusade for taking down silly things well, sure, whatever. But uh, also, I think this is a little bit confused in its um, in its targeting, purely because, well, obviously, Serial was, was not a TV show. Mm. So it's kind of, I don't know, I don't know what what is directly uh, ripping off. It's got to be ripping that off more than, I mean, it does rip that off more than anything else, but... But then yeah. there's making a murderer and certainly Robert Durst. All of the things that happen, the key things that happen in the Robert Durst documentary, uh, The Jinx and Making yeah. a Murderer, all of those things happen in in this as well. So, okay. you know, accidental microphone moments and things like that. Mm. So it's quite yeah. well plotted out, I think. Um, but yes, you do, as an intelligent man, you are going to have to work harder at um, believing that they know what they're doing you know, it doesn't spoon feed you as much as Chris Morris does. But I, I don't, I don't want to be, um, I, I don't want to be put in that category where it's like, oh, I think this is for stupid people. I don't think that. No. I think pure, pure art comedy has got its place, definitely. It's like, that's why I asked us to watch the league, which you never did. <laughs> um, no, you didn't. You watched an episode in a bit. You haven't, get, you haven't given that any, any time. You've just reminded me that I should get back on it, and I will. I promise. 
because I've been rewatching that at the moment. Because I, I haven't, I have shows that I watch when I go to sleep. Yeah. And uh, Community used to be my go-to, but now it's not on any of the free services anymore. Mm. And um, so I've been looping around the league, and I've got a lot of love for that show. I really do. Yeah. And I please, please go and watch a bit more. I, I promise Just see I if you can get far enough into it that you enjoy it. I'll tell you how bad it's got. My, um, I, I've I've started watching the second series of Designated Survivor. Holy hell! Oh my god! I mean, see, I've honestly, got lots going on though. I've got to finish Game of Thrones. I'm only halfway through series seven of that. Nice, nice. And then before we know it, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm going to New York on Friday for ten days. And when I come back, The Walking Dead starts. Yes. So Sarah and I are plowing through. I did what you did with your wife. I've persuaded mine to watch The Walking Dead. We oh, have, right. In two weeks, we are now up to season five. We've just started season five. Wow. Does she love it then? Yeah, it's great. That's interesting because my first um, appearance on this show was talking about The Walking Dead, and, how and in that, like so, you me, Ben, and you all said that it was uh, women, the women in our lives do not enjoy that show. No, well, do you know what happened? The I, I, I don't think it was Game of Thrones we were watching. It was something. Oh, we went to LA and we went on the Walking Dead like walkthrough ride sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um but it wasn't that. We were watching something else that was really graphic, like. It was probably Game of Thrones, actually. By the time we finished mm. the last series of Game of Thrones, I said it occurred to me, and I said to Sarah, you know, you put off Walking Dead because, yeah, in the, that first episode, it's got some really sick stuff. It is nothing compared to Game of Thrones. No, well, it really isn't. B- because once you believe that the zombies are dead things, um, you're not seeing humans have the heads crushed in not much <laughs> yeah but that's that, that, that we talked about this a while back that that's what's so brilliant about the walking dead mm. is um the way it shifts its focus over the course of that time and I'm, like you must have seen it while you've been re-watching it yeah. that's one of the yeah, most yeah, yeah. impressive things about it and in fact it reminds me of something that uh, we were talking about or, or at least i heard you talking about after i left last week oh, yeah. um I can't think who was saying it. Maybe it was um, probably me. Uh, Adam yeah. um, uh, was talking about um, how uh, actually they said it early on in the podcast about overstaying their welcome and right. about um, the Marvel universe sort yeah, of yeah. getting tired and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, to, to me, uh, I was, I was thinking about this and it's like, that just shouldn't have been the case. They sh- the, 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 and this is the problem that I was trying to articulate is that they just keep getting stuck in the same loops mm. so they don't actually develop anything mm. they just end up retelling the same boring pieces of story where they end, where it's like you know you end up fighting the hand which is just a million faceless nothings yeah whereas the walking dead went from zombies which are at their core an unsatisfying enemy because mm. they have no motivation mm. um, other than their you know their hunger um, to to focusing on people versus people, which is ultimately where all the conflict in all drama comes from, yeah. and is is where our interest lies. Yeah, and probably the inevitable place where a zombie apocalypse would lead to. Uh, I, Absolutely, and, or any and, apocalypse for that matter. That's right, and I keep thinking of you um, when I'm watching it because you're totally right. There's stuff in like episode three and four that you go, oh my god, they set up that there. Or at least mm. they look backwards and, and they, they paid attention to the seeds that they potentially had sown a few seasons ago. Yeah. It's great. But sorry, I, I'm remembering the stuff that I was thinking while I was listening to the Defenders one. 
Yeah. The The Walking Dead is the best comic adaptation I've ever seen because we forget that it is a comic. Yeah. And it's it did what none of the Marvel comic stuff has had the balls to do, which is just take the damn stories yeah. that are already in the books. Yeah, tell And them. that is what is the most disappointing thing about the Marvel uh, TV <laughs> shows. It's like there is some great stuff with Luke Cage and Jessica Jones in the Civil War books. Yeah. And they're not going to do any of it. They're not going to do any of it. I was I saw a special effect in um, Walking Dead just earlier. I was watching it. And it's when... Uh, I don't want to give anything away for anybody, but, you know, they, they do a long walk towards a place at one point, and, uh, and, then, and then a large explosion happens. And when this explosion happened, they put these special effects in, and the explosion was set off by a firework from somebody down the road. And... It looks great. Fireworks sets off, boom, big bang. And then they did this, because they'd obviously got a bit more budget by this point. They did this close-up that showed kind of uh, zombie bodies cracking open inside the flames. And even by now, a few years later, it looks rubbish. And and I said to Sarah, there's no need to see the bodies in there. What's so great about The Walking Dead is that almost everything is, is done in camera. Like, it really for the size of show that it is it is almost like they've done it on a small budget and got up really early in the morning in Atlanta and shot everything found a mm. desolate waste and you don't need much and you don't need much budget either and it's it looks great because of that and when you can be, you've just made me think for the first time that that is the same thing as marvel uh, you know it's a comic Mm. Uh, oh my god, imagine if Marvel had got hold of The Walking Dead. Imagine the fight scenes and the cameras 360 in through the air as everybody yeah. slices it. Oh, you'd, get, you'd get as bored of that as quickly as you get bored of smashing a zombie in the head. Yeah. And that's what's happened. By the way, Sam Knowles, whose email we read out last week, emailed again saying, I actually quite enjoyed hearing the episode. No need to feel sorry for me. I'm not as invested as my email might have made out. I thought Matt's observations were brilliant. Here's the bit where uh, whatever Sam was smoking that night kicks in. No offence to you and Jamie, but I'd take a pot of just listening to Matt talk about Marvel. (laughs) I think I might agree with you about Kingsman if we talked about it too. Great set pieces, but no jeopardy. Also offensive, misogynistic, overly violent and rubbish. I, again, uh, not sure about your last bit there, Sam. You're going to have to explain that to me. I haven't seen Kingsman. Uh, Look, how well, I've got to go. I've got to go and get murdered. You have to go and get murdered. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah. You're entirely wrong and take life too seriously about American Vandal, so please carry on. Mm-hmm. Uh, if everyone okay. can watch it, that'd be great. Uh, thank you. See you next week for To Be Discussed. Bye. 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 Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.